You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast with our friend John Owning. Landon, how's your day going, sir? <laughs> uh, that's a very leading question, as you know. <laughs> it's been a little crazy, uh, so I'm glad to kind of settle down and, and relax and actually talk about football instead of stupid work stuff. The, the good thing is I've got some nice questions for you that shouldn't aggravate you at all. So let's go ahead and jump Oh, I'm sure. Right I'm sure. Uh, our, our first question comes from Austin. He wants to know, Landon, what do you think of Romo's comments about Kellen Moore as offensive <laughs> coordinator. Now, if you haven't heard, I'm going to read uh, what Romo said about Kellen Moore because um, it was interesting. He said, I honestly don't know how it will play out. I think it will be interesting to see what they morph into. In a lot of ways, I think they'll probably stay pretty similar because the head coach is there, and it's still probably going to be his verbiage. Landon, what do you take away from Romo's quote there? Okay. There are two acceptable ways to read this. No, there's not. I think, in my mind. <laughs> yes, there is. No, and, and none of them are the way the people are reacting. Neither of the two are the way that the people are reacting. Okay? Reaction one is, it, it, could, do me a favor. Can you read that first line again? Uh, it says, I honestly don't know how it will play out, period. Okay, right there. That should be the informative line right there, is that he doesn't know how, he honestly does not know how it will play out, which is something to consider. But then he kind of guesses. Okay. Then he says, the, I think it will be Then he kind of, yeah, doesn't mind guessing. Uh, but, but even then, okay, so that's the first thing, is to look at that and say, Romo's just kind of spitballing with the information that he's got of how it's going to play out. He doesn't really know. Because he doesn't. He doesn't know who the OC is going to be. He doesn't know what changes that, you know, Kellen Moore is going to make or whatever. But beyond that, like... Uh, the thing that the next part of what he says is basically, I, I don't think uh, there are probably a lot of things that are going to stay the same. Or can you re re re, re, re sure. that I'll, second yep. part again? I think it'll be interesting to see what they morph into. In a lot of ways, I think they'll probably stay pretty similar because the head coach is there, and it's probably going to be his verbiage. So, you know, they may not change. Uh, the a majority of things may not change is basically what he's saying there, right? Uh, uh, like a less than majority of things may change if they keep the same OC with the head coach, right? Because they have the verbiage. H how much of that is really a problem? Like, well, if you want things to change, you can change things and, and still make a difference. In, in and, and I'll go even further than that, right? Like, the, the problem to me isn't necessarily the system. The problem is the has been the play calling. See, I would go the opposite the problem way. I would go been... the opposite way. I think it's the system, and the play calling has been eh. But I think that system is a little outdated. That's that's always been my belief here. But the, but there's o there's only like three systems in the NFL. How you deploy those systems is basically you know how they get run. You know, I mean, if you, I, I just think that it's. This idea that 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 there's some unknown or unused system out there that like no that's not what this is like people just mix and match 
you know, three or four basic systems and then how they deploy them, how, how the, uh, the personnel get used out there, the sequencing of the play calling, how you set things up, whether or not you use this person or that person, how you use the That's players using motion. The, the, those are not parts of things that change with the system. Those are things that are done by the play caller themselves. But, and, 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 and I, you know, I think that, some of the 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 system stuff that you know that gets used by the Rams or some of these teams that are supposedly have advanced you know offensive systems are just the same stuff that we use, just deployed in different ways. So I, I that's why I kind of just fundamentally reject the idea that a new system is uh, uh, that a new system is all that that is what has to be done in order for there to be change in how the offense is run. I, I don't accept that. I th- I think that you know the, the in, it's in many ways Kyle Shanahan and uh uh you know anyone who runs kind of a, a wide zone based you know, West Coast paired offense is they run the same system as twenty five other guys as Mike McCarthy you know like but the difference is. is how the games get called, how, how much they're helping the quarterbacks, the combination of, of the routes that are within the system paired together, that's what makes the difference. And, and so that's why I think this whole thing is just a litmus test. It's like a, a test to see how ready you are to be angry about, <laughs> in general, about the offensive court. It is, because you, we didn't get any, we don't know anything about anything yet. And all, all Tony Romo said is that, you know, I have no idea what's going to happen, but maybe it's this. And everyone blew up like, yup, Tony the God's right. And it's like, Tony the God didn't even say what you think he said. He just said that he, you know, he, his thought process is that the system may be extremely similar because the verbiage is the same, which doesn't really, you know, it's not as much of an effect on the, on the, on the field as who's actually calling the plays, how they're being sequenced together. What formations are being put out there? How the players are being deployed? I think people are just tired of seeing this Jason Garrett style of offense. The the air Coriel, the longer routes. Uh, I I just I just think they're ready for a change, right? And I think I think when when Romo said it's going to look similar, or however he worded it, not much is going to change. I think that's what got people upset because they want to see they want to see the air raid. They want to see maybe what the Cardinals are going to be doing uh, with now with Cliff Kingsbury or what the Rams are doing or you know some just some, anything anything different from what they've seen from the last decade. I, I I think that's what bothered most fans. I and I think that that's the problem is that they are so mad crazy about seeing change that they they're not stopping to think about. Like what's actually feasible, what's workable, and what's actually even good? Is it even good to completely change this offensive system with all these players, or is it is it a good I mean, to fair point. morph fair. a system with a new system in order to get a smooth transition? Especially when you consider CBA, uh, the lack of practice time, the 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 the, the limits on roster size. Uh, these are all things that. Joe fan don't consider, but the head coach does have to consider, right? Because he has limited practice time. He has to be able to install his op- his system in a in a short amount of time frame. These are all things that Cliff Kingsbury has never had to deal with. And Cliff Kingsbury, uh, you know, and, and the hot new head coach at, at Arizona has run an air raid system when he's had a hundred players on his team before. Sure. How is he going to get through practice with less than four quarterbacks? These are all again. As much as people want to complain about just general things, 
I think if, if, if you take those questions to the next level, you dig a little deeper, you find that this is not as straightforward as just, hey, why don't we just completely change up everything or, or go to a completely different system? There's a reason that these teams don't necessarily do that, and it's not just because they're, uh, you know, uncreative or, or, or whatever, they have set, put themselves, for better or for worse, the owners have put themselves in a situation that doesn't really allow for super complicated systems to be installed in the NFL like that. It's, it's because of the lack of practice time, because of all those reasonings. They've had to find ways to scratch out differences in systems uh, uh, through personnel usage because no one has the time anymore to practice and, and, and teach all these complex systems to two levels worth of offense and defense, uh, you know, so that they have backups who can run the plays as well. It's it's just it's not it's a time management issue. All right, let me, and I think that that's that's something that not get, that doesn't get. Let me just ask this. you this really simple question. I just want you to respond yes or no. Do you think this scheme is the right scheme for Dak Prescott? Do you think this this scheme puts Dak in the best position to thrive? I mean, of available systems, I I think yes. I, mean, I, I think he could thrive. I, I don't I don't know because I think he could thrive in a West Coast based short passing game system. Uh, you know that that has more of of that, but I don't know that if that means he would thrive more. And th- I, I think that I don't. I, I, don't, I think that, that that's the question's open. Okay, uh, and that's fair. All right, let's move on to a different question. Again, another great question from Austin. Uh, are you worried about the Cowboys' run blocking moving forward? Uh, we saw at times this year it was very good. Uh, at times it was shaky. He asked, is it a draft priority going forward? I, I don't think it's a draft priority because I don't think it's a personnel problem. I, I think that... Is a technique was a technique issue specifically this year. I mean, I think that the problem is that they spent all off season working on a technique that they basically abandoned mid season and went back to their older techniques. I, I think a, a whole off season of them continuing to practice their techniques. And again, I mean, this gets forgotten, but we did we didn't have Travis Frederick this year. That seems like a big deal. I mean, you know, he's the the, the best blocking center in football. You know, it's just we didn't have him, so. That played a pretty big deal. It's it's okay. It really is okay to believe that uh, Joe Looney did a fantastic job as the backup center, which I think he did, and still say, "Hey, we really miss Travis sure. Frederick." Because I think that's those things are true. All right, uh, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll answer some more Twitter questions. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. 
If you join now, my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code Locked On to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, this question comes from Donnie. He says, what games are you most excited for next season? He says, I personally cannot wait for the matchup against the Bears. Uh, Landon, I'll read to you their opponents next year. Obviously, they have have six games against the NFC East, uh, but they will play the Packers at home, Vikings at home, Bills, Dolphins, and Rams all at Dallas. And then on the road, they'll play at Chicago, Detroit, New England, New Orleans, and the Jets. Which of those games intrigues you the most? You know, I mean, even despite all that, like, I, I still always, I, I always look forward to the, the NFC East games the most. Right, because yeah. I feel like, to me, it, it really helps me. I know those teams outside of the Cowboys the best. And it kind of really just helps with a lot of the uh, measuring stick element of this, you know? So uh, I'm interested to see how the Cowboys face up against the Eagles next year because I, I, I'm interested to see just where. Th- the arrows are for those two teams are going. Yeah, for me, it's the the Patriots and the Saints, both on the road. Uh, those games, including the Chicago, those will be a pretty good litmus test of where the Cowboys are next year. Now, I don't expect them necessarily to win either of those games because playing in New England and in New Orleans are two of the toughest places to play. But if they can hang around and stay competitive, it, it probably means that Dallas is going to be you know, one of the better teams next year. It's it's going to be a really tough schedule. Uh, it's what happens when you you win the NFC East. You end up playing a, a number one seed schedule. Uh, so it's going to be exciting to see uh, some of those big, big games next year. Um, all right, Lane, I've got another question for you. This one comes from Chandler Johnson. He wants to know, outside of Earl Thomas, do you think there's any other high-priced free agents the Cowboys are looking at? Now, it, it's hard to know who's going to be available uh, we you know there's, we still have a long time before free agency, so I'm going to change this question a little bit. If the Cowboys are going to go out and pay somebody in free agency, is there a, you know a position that you would like to look at that maybe that you're willing to spend top dollar at? Top dollar, um, you know I, I think the tight end market, depending on where it is, is it going to be interesting? I mean, I don't know if top dollar, but you might be able to uh, get know, the most bang for your were... back buck there, right? If, if you're paying, Jared yeah, Coke, oh, that's where I ten yeah, million exactly. a year, you, you might be okay there. Yeah, I, um, I think that could be something to be, you know, certainly keep an eye on. Um, you know, I, I, I also, you know, I, I agree with uh, my buddy uh, John yeah. Oning on. I, I think there's some value in. Potentially, at least looking at Landon Collins um, and and um, seeing like what that number is going to be, because I think, especially in this defense with Richard, there is a potential that um, you know the that he could really be that kind of missing playmaker on that level. Uh, and, you know, especially you know, everyone talks about Earl Thomas, but but you know, Xavier Woods really did have a good year last he did. year. He really did, and um, I and I think he has a bright future. So I, I I think that that's something to keep in mind when when you know, kind of weighing all that out. And if if you are weighing all that and considering that, um, then I think someone uh, like a bigger, harder hitting you know player like uh, uh, a guy that's a box player like uh, uh, you know Landon Collins is someone that might be a little bit more appealing to you than, uh, than say, 
you know, an Earl Thomas. Not that Earl Thomas wouldn't be, but I mean, if you're looking at it from that point, like you got Earl Thomas is 30 plus years old, and, and Landon Collins is younger. You could pair a, a young pair of, of safeties back there, um, and each with a with the kind of defined role. It might it might be some success there. All right, I'll... Uh, and outside of that, I, I think maybe you know just potentially wide receiver. I mean, just depending on what happens with Cole Beasley. Um, but I think those are probably the positions that I would be most looking at. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at some of the potential free agents now, and this one kind of crossed my mind. Would you be open to giving somebody like Golden Tate a one-year deal worth $10, 11000000 million? I, I mean, it wouldn't solve... I mean, we listen, we have a long history <laughs> Not Golden with Golden Tate. Tate we have a long I history Golden with Tate, Golden Tate. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> but yeah. I think his skill set would fit really, really well with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup because he can play in the slot, but he also can play outside. He gets open quick. He can he can do some things as a returner. Doesn't he kind of make sense if Dallas wants to you know pay a guy for one year? Put your personal uh, bias behind man, on Colton Tate. I yeah, know how much you I hate can, him. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I mean, I really can't. Like he's one of the guys in the NFL. I just. I don't like, and frankly, it's not even just that. I mean, I, he's he's got problems. Like he's caught, he causes problems in the locker room. I don't need that really in my team. So I don't. But you're to get to your point. I, I don't hate the general idea. Like I, I I don't have an issue with going out and maybe paying a a, a wide receiver. I just think that you know you, you want it. Yeah, I, I, I struggle with this one. I, I think you got to have a you got to have a plan for the wide receiver core because you've got Gallup, you've got Cooper. What what are what are we looking for? Are we looking for um, you know? I, I just uh, want weapons. That's all we I'm looking, looking for because I I, I yeah, know this so I know this I, thing can fall if Armari Cooper gets hurt next year. This thing could fall apart real fast. I think you just need to get more guys in there that can help you give Dak options. Um. Yeah, I think that that's that's likely. It's really based on what's available and, and how they fit, and then having a plan to work that person into. I just don't think you can go out and get a, a generic outside receiver. I think you need to find someone who fits, and I think that you're right that his skill set, um, uh, his skill set, you know, kind of dictates his skill set fits up. Uh, with what what we're looking for, but I, I, him specifically, he's just so I don't like him specifically. But I don't I don't hate the idea of a player like that, a guy sure. who is you know it, it just take who he is as a person and and transcribe his his skill set to somebody else. Uh, you know, tough guy runs routes well, uh, can block. Yeah, I think all those things are appealing, uh, and I don't know how much they'd be willing to spend on that. Uh, that's the only thing I think that they probably would prefer to find something. Uh, in the draft, or just spend that money on Beasley, but I think it's it'll be interesting to see if they do decide to go the free agent. Route. Uh, I'll give you one more guy before we go. Uh, a defensive tackle. Would you pay Grady Jarrett if he hits the open market? Would you pay him what he's probably going to get? What what's he probably well, going to get? Well, I'm looking at the defense. I, yeah, I'm I mean, looking at the numbers right now. So you're looking at like four three under tackles are getting like somewhere between twelve and fifteen million a year. I I I I think so. I mean I think that spot is definitely a need. Um, I mean that's one of the best ones out there, right? And that one if it would fit perfectly. Oh with yeah, the absolutely. And I, I've got. Uh, I mean, I, I that price point makes me pause. I, it's I it's not you know out of the realm of possibility at all. Uh, and I think that there's value in going to get a proven commodity there and going with that. 
Um, at the same time, I, you know, I look at what's in the draft too. And, uh, there's a lot of talent, a, a lot of guys who I really like as under tackles, um, coming out of the draft. Jared's so, going to be an interesting one because <sighs> here's his stats over the last three years, three sacks, four sacks, six sacks. Now you can say that's an ascending player. But are you willing to pay top dollar for a defensive tackle who has never had more than six sacks in a season? I mean, I, listen, I love Jared. I probably would. But it's just, I, I'm just kind of curious to see what number he lands at. I am too. Because I, I, I think that will dictate it. But I, I don't know, man. There's there's too many. Uh, you're looking first. You're, you're looking to draft the best player at, at 58. And I, I kind of feel like there's a very good chance that that player could be a defensive tackle. I probably will be. So. Yeah, I think it's just something to keep in mind. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you guys next time. (laughs) 